0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Hackettstown, New Jersey, and you know the name of that road where this guy farms, Cat Swamp Road. And some people make it a compound word, and some people make it two words, cat and swamp. Hey, whatever it is, it is, but there's no, we have a lot of cats, but we don't have any swamps, so I do not know how it truly got its name. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in with me today on Sirius XM Channel 147 Rural Radio. And we get together here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And then there's an encore, a re-air of the same episode Sunday at 6 p.m. And if you ever want to go back and listen again, every one week after it airs on rural radio and I always tell you that every week because I don't want somebody to say well I missed the show today and why is it not listed as a podcast because it airs one week after it plays on rural radio and if you go to my website farmmachinerydigest.com and click on the fmd radio pod fmd radio tab all of the back episodes will be there And that should also be listed on every major podcast hosting site. But I've had some people contact me and saying that they're having a little bit trouble finding in other hosting sites, and we will look into that. But always, if you go to my website, it will be there. And I think Google Podcasts is always there. So I don't know. It's a, this podcast deal is a is 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 a crazy uh, situation because they pick up the shows and then they I don't know what they do. But anyway, hopefully everything is going well with you today. And what we're going to talk about on the show today is carbon deposits inside an engine and the problems they could cause. And I touched on this briefly, but I I never really dedicated a show to it. And so many people don't understand the potential problems that carbon deposits can cause in both a gasoline and diesel engine. And what's interesting is that gasoline engines are more prone for carbon deposits in some way, and diesel engines are more prone in others, so there is some overlap there, but then they actually separate themselves. And these deposits form on every internal combustion engine, whether it's a chainsaw, or whether it's an irrigation pump, or a semi, or a pickup truck, or a tractor, it makes no difference, because both gasoline and diesel fuel are a hydro, hydrocarbon-based, so the combustion event is always going to have some residual carbon, and that carbon is going to form inside the engine and cause a multitude of pro- potential problems but usually carbon deposits sneak up on you like weeds in the, from the, from the uh, fence row of the field or gray hair, right? You look in the mirror and say, hey, when did I get this head of gray hair? I look at pictures of myself. I blame the barber to tell you the truth because he uses silver scissors. But uh, And just like you go out into the field, when you find that the weeds grew in from the from the hedgerow right into the cropland well that's how carbon deposits form inside an engine so i'm going to ask you to sit tight during this quick break and when we come back we're going to be get taking a deep dive into carbon deposits but never forget that agriculture runs on machinery but what profits on reliability
1: Sirius XM presents Comedy Classics. Look You're home for the greatest names in comedy history. Because I am a wild and crazy guy. Legendary comedians like Lenny Bruce, Steve Martin, Rodney Dangerfield, Jerry Lewis, and Joan Rivers all doing stand-up comedy. Think America! Comedy Classics. The greatest names in comedy history. That's
0: okay for me!
1: Sirius XM Comedy Classics is available to stream on your SXM app.
0: Boy, that's the story of my life. No No respect. no respect.
1: Rural Radio is the first and only national radio channel
0: serving rural Americans on SiriusXM. Nowhere else on radio can you catch Western sports every single day, making Rural Radio the undisputed leader for Western sports coverage. Between our coverage and downloading the Cowboy Channel Plus app, you'll have access to any major Western sports news and events 24-7. Rural Radio Channel 147 the agribusiness and western lifestyle channel
2: stay informed with the latest news of agriculture with american ag today every weekday morning on rural radio channel 147 on sirius xm i'm your host jesse allen and i want to invite you to join the conversation as we talk the latest news market information ag technology innovation weather and more on american ag today That's every weekday at 652 Eastern on Rural Radio, channel 147 on Sirius XM.
1: How can you maximize yield and profits on your farm? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. On the Ag PhD Radio Show, we talk about all the ways you can get the most return on investment for the crops on your farm. Our guests are farmers and experts in the industry, and we discuss the latest innovations in fertility, crop production, seed traits, and much more. We also answer your questions live via phone, email, or Twitter. Don't miss the next Ag PhD Radio Show, weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, on Rural Radio Sirius XM, channel 147.
0: Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, that guy from Cat Swamp Road, right? There's the cable guy on TV. I forgot what his name was, uh, or what his name is, because thank God he's still alive. The Larry the Cable Guy. Well, this is this is the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road, and we're going to discuss carbon deposits inside an engine. And as I said during the opening segment, that the phenomena of carbon deposits forming is a natural byproduct of gasoline and diesel fuel because they are hydrocarbon based. And when you have combustion inside an engine, and every engine it's an internal combustion engine, that there is going to be some residual hydrocarbons left over and they are eventually going to form as carbon and you know carbon is such a big thing today we talk about carbon and carbon credits with your land uh they're talking about reclaiming uh a part of the carbon that goes up in the air when they're doing manufacturing or refining such as ethanol and there's a whole chemistry to it but we're not going to get involved with that we're going to take we're going to recognize at face value that an engine will build carbon deposits because of the fuel that is being burned now because diesel engines are a little bit different than gasoline engines as far as their fuel is concerned right the chemical composition of the fuel and then also the what initiates the ignition event but there's another aspect of carbon deposits that are that are different between gasoline and diesel. Because currently, there is no standard for any detergent or anti-carbon, anti-carbon, well, uh, any ca- any additive into the fuel from the refiner that you buy at the pump or deliver to your farm to eradicate and or hold at bay the formation of carbon deposits. Wherein gasoline... There is a federal mandate in the United States, and I'm sure it's the same thing in Canada, that there needs to be a certain amount of detergent in the gasoline. And it's a minimal amount of detergent, but the government does mandate that. So on the diesel fuel, you're basically on your own. And that's why I'm such a big proponent of advertising your diesel fuel and making it better than you are buying it. And they always say that's it's not a knock or a hit on the diesel fuel refiner or marketer what at all it's just a fact of life so now we'll be bouncing back and forth between gasoline and diesel engines so for all intents and purposes there's three areas that carbon deposits can form there's what's called ivd which stands for intake valve deposits and then there's ccd which stands for combustion chamber deposits so that's what the cc is combustion chamber and then there are also deposits that form on the pintle of an injector and internally an injector whether it's a gasoline engine or whether it is a diesel engine these deposits are still going to form inside the injector but now you say well hey hot rod i got a carbureted engine well even though the, the deposits true don't really form inside the carburetor of an engine Because the fuel is wet and there's no combustion there. Well, thank God there's no combustion there. Otherwise, it'll be catching fire. But what will happen inside a gasoline or carbureted engine with gasoline is that you will start to form, well, we used to call it varnish years ago. And I guess we we don't we don't need to be concerned with the chemical composition, but the gasoline, when it's exposed to air in a certain level of heat, it will start to create a varnish, a sticky surface, and that's why a carburetor gets dirty and gummy inside. All right, so but the intake valve deposits and the combustion chamber deposits are going to be the same for gasoline or for diesel, but they all but they also pose a little bit of a different issue. So now intake valve deposits are the, are the deposits, the carbon deposits that form on the backside of the valve. So the backside of the valve is not the part that faces the combustion chamber, excuse me, it's the part that faces the intake port as the air and fuel is traveling through that intake port. And what happens in simplistic terms, of course, we want to make this practical, we're not looking to become uh, scientists or chemists or engineers. When these deposits form on the backside of the intake valve, because they're IVD, intake valve deposits, they effectively make the valve area and the port smaller. So in essence, what they do is they choke the engine and do not allow it to breathe. So you may say to yourself, well, what about, all right, that's, you could understand that. What about the exhaust valve? And that's, this is gasoline or diesel, all right? What about the exhaust valve? Well, the exhaust valve is so much, so substantially hotter than the intake valve that the deposits do not have a tendency to form there maybe a slight bit but really nothing of any consequence so that's why it's called ivd intake valve deposits but the intake valve is so much cooler than the exhaust valve that it is very prone to build deposits and as i was saying when you these deposits build it's going to choke off the airflow to the engine and it's also going to do two other things if the fuel is introduced before the valve so let's say on a carbureted engine or a port fuel injected engine, then what is going to happen is that the carbon deposits are not only going to block in airflow, airflow into the engine. And remember, every engine is an air pump. That's why we put turbochargers on engines. So push more air in to make the engine think, trick it, that it's bigger. So carbon deposits on the backside of a valve trick the engine into thinking it's smaller than it is and subsequently makes less power but also what happens is these deposits have a tendency to wick in fuel so as the fuel and air mixture is going past the carbon even though it's restricting the area what is going to happen it's going to act like a sponge and it's going to wick in the fuel and the carbon deposits you will find on valves do not build equally on each cylinder So cylinder number one may have a little bit more deposits than cylinder two or cylinder eight, whatever it may be, or that was cylinder seven may have a lot more deposits. So what does this mean to you in a practical sense? It means that the air fuel ratio, gasoline or diesel, all right, will be able to be skewing to both cylinders. So now you say to yourself, wait, hey, wait a minute, hot rod, a diesel does not, does not introduce the fuel there, right? A conventional diesel does not introduce the fuel. It's introduced into the combustion chamber. And that is correct. But if you look at the valve events and... Just take my word for it. There's a certain amount of time when the valves, both valves are open and it's called overlap on the camshaft. Now, a diesel engine historically does not have as much overlap on the camshaft as a gasoline engine does. And just due to the combustion vent, the RPM that the engine runs and what have you. So actually some of this fuel is actually reverted back to the intake valve. And and if, if uh, let me... I'm stumbling over my words because it has the potential, the possibility to wet the back of the intake valve. So if it wets the back of the intake valve, then that's like having a leak. Some of the fuel is going to wick into the carbon. But that's not an overly major problem on a diesel, but it's a very, very major problem on a gasoline engine, whether it's port fuel injected or carbureted. Now, on so what will happen is that as the fuel is go the fuel and air mixture is going into the cylinder, some of the carbon, with the carbon, will wick in like a sponge some of the gasoline. So that means the air fuel ratio is going to be wrong. And what will also happen is that you will have a different air fuel ratio on each cylinder. Now, the second thing, now port fuel injected engines are, are prone to this, carburetor engines are prone to it, but port fuel injection engines are a little bit more prone to wicking in a fuel into the carbon because the injector sprays right on to the back of the valve and it's done for the fuel spray to hit the stem of the valve and to break it up into smaller particles to atomize it further. Carburetor, it, it, the fuel and air is mixed in the carburetor but it's got this wet fuel and air mixture going through, and it's going to wick it in, and so now you have a lot of idle instability. You have a, a, lot of problems with that. You have a mixture that swings from too lean to too rich, all over all over the map. The next area that we have is could be the fuel injector, gasoline or diesel. And if you gum up the fuel injector, eventually over thermal cycles, heat cycles to heating and cooling, it's just like the good Lord made a diamond in the ground, right? Pressure, heating. So what's going to happen is this carbon is going to form inside the injector. It's going to form inside the on the pintle. And it's going to be like having a field sprayer with a dirty tip, right? Instead of having a nice conical spray, it's spraying a stream to one side, or stream down the middle, depending upon how it gets dirty but the same thing is going to happen with the fuel injector on gasoline and diesel and when that occurs we are not atomizing the fuel properly on both engines gasoline diesel i keep repeating it and if we're not atomizing the fuel properly we're not going to have a proper combustion event because in both instances liquid fuel does not burn as does not burn as easily or does not want to burn, it needs to be atomized and mixed with air, emulsified. So, what will happen? Will the engine run? Yes, it'll run. The diesel may smoke. It's going to the combustion event. The combustion event talks to you a lot more and tells you a lot more than a gasoline engine does because that combustion event is evoked by pressure and heat. And and will the, the heat from the pressure of the engine compressing the air molecules in it so it's not going to run well it's going to smoke it's going to it's going to be down on power because what you're basically doing is you're not allowing this fuel to be inter interacted intermixed with the air so it's not going to be able to convert over and be combustible and so you're going to have on gasoline and diesel idle stability problems um, fuel economy, a lack of power, lack of throttle response, higher emissions. All right, that's that's all gonna happen when that injector gets dirty. Now, on the piston crown, you have carbon that is gonna form also. That's CCD. Now, on a D on a gasoline engine, the the carbon deposits on the piston crown have a tendency more to affect the impact, I should say, the combustion event, because it's changing the amount of area. In in theory, it changes the compression ratio. Say, well, that's good. I want more compression. Well, it's not changing the compression ratio in the way that's going to be effective for the engine. We'll leave it at that. It's going to make the engine more prone to want to knock. It's going to be very, it's going to want more octane. But now on a diesel engine, all right, remember on a diesel engine, we have whether it's a, 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 a uh, common rail electronic diesel or we have a, a IDI, indirect injection, diesel goes into a pre chamber or a DI that goes right into the, right into the, right into the, right into the, the the I call it, well its not really called the combustion, the combustion region. We'd really call it on a diesel engine, is that that's going to spray? That pattern is going to spray, let's say on a um, direct injection diesel, which most diesels are today. Well, before they went to electronic, and uh, it's going to spray right into that carpet. So remember, I was talking about the fuel wicking in to the intake valve deposits on a gasoline engine to a much lesser extent on the diesel engine well the same thing is going to happen now on a diesel is that we're wicking in the carbon on the top of the piston is going to start to wick in that fuel so now we're delivering a fuel and air fuel ratio but we're delivering the fuel to create an air fuel but now it's skewing so it's like having your planter set wrong or your planter skipping right well geez you know i got i got i got a whole bunch in a row over here i got nothing for three feet well the same thing is happening in the engine with a diesel engine so we have the intake valve deposits we have the injector deposits and we have the combustion chamber which is ccd and some actually do form on the actual combustion chamber on the cylinder head of a gasoline engine but they're of not that it's very minimal compared to the crown of the piston and the back of the valve now on gasoline direct injection engines which are very common right what will happen is that the valve is not seeing any fuel because it's sprayed like a like a diesel engine right into the combustion chamber, but during overlap of the cam, remember I was discussing that's when both valves are open, and it is called reversion. And what will happen is that the 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 dampness of the f- fuel and air mixture will go back, revert back, be uh, be pushed back on top of the intake on the intake valve and it will start to build deposits. The problem with a, a direct injection engine is that even if you additize the fuel in the, in the tank with something to eradicate the carbon deposits, is that it's not going to see it on the valve, whereas a port fuel injection or a carbon engine will see it on the valve. And clean it off so there's other chemicals that you have to introduce through the intake track to eliminate those so let's recap and make some sense of this so we could have a practical application for you before we go to break and basically in essence no matter what you do just like if you drive a car or a truck on a salty on a road that's salted in the winter and wet the car is going to get dirty the thing basically is, is that you need to understand that carbon deposits over time will affect the how the engine is going to run. It's going to affect emissions, the idle quality, and the power. So the thing basically is, is that what you need to understand is that just like weeds in the field, you don't want to say, "Ah, I'm going to let the weeds grow and go," and I'm going to hit it with glyphosate or glufosinate or something. You want to keep that field clean. You want to try to keep those deposits from not forming on the valves and not forming on the combustion chamber not forming on the injectors gasoline or diesel and the only way you could do this is by using a product that mixes in with the fuel as far as gasoline engines are concerned what you need to do is you run a product in the tank and you can't just do this one time you have a hundred thousand miles on you put ten dollars worth of chemical there and you think it's uh, that you know you do you, you're you're a hero right you got to keep after this and it's this and it's going to be the saturation time if the engine is not being run the, the stuff in the tank means nothing and what you and what you want is a complete fuel systems cleaner on gasoline because that'll clean the injector the intake valve and the piston crown and on the diesel engine what you what you want to do is have an add an additive with a detergent to keep the injector clean to keep the piston crown clean and it'll have minimum, realistically no impact on the intake valve maybe a slight bit during overlap but there's not much carbon deposits built there so it's as simple as that and you need to make a regular regiment of treating this fuel on all of your engines because what will happen is that those deposits will form you'll have a myriad of problems with the engine you'll think the engine is tired You'll and, and it's really not it's just simply a car Carbon laden engine.
2: Lighter line makes for heavier catches. I'm Scott Linden, out and about early in fishing season, brought to you by Happy Jack Dog Remedies. Simple physics is the key, less air and water resistance. Lighter, smaller diameter lines cast farther, letting you cover more water. It also sinks faster, putting your lure or bait down where the big ones are, sooner and longer. A lighter line is harder for fish to see. It lets baits, flies, or lures drift more naturally, offering a more tempting treat to finicky fish. With the help of the bend in your rod, you can usually get away with line at about the same test as the biggest fish you'll encounter, without the risk of breaking off. So next time you're after heavy fish, lighten up. We're made possible by Happy Jack Dog Remedies available at Tractor Supply. Thanks for listening.
1: This is Capri Cafaro, host of Eat Your Heartland Out. Every week we explore the rich yet often overlooked culinary depth of the American Midwest. Together we'll learn about the food ways of our region through compelling interviews with a variety of guests, each of whom highlight a unique thread in the Midwestern culinary tapestry. Tune in for Eat Your Heartland Out, Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147.
2: Hi, I'm Mike Pearson, host of AOA, heard Monday through Friday right here on Rural Radio from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Each day, we'll talk to those making the news in markets, ag policy, trade, and rural health care. And you'll hear from the ag and political leaders about the pressing issues of the day and what they might mean for the future of agriculture. So join me here on Rural Radio from 6 to 7 a.m.
0: Eastern Time for AOA. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. And uh, before we get into text, Benowitz from ripsaw records because he's the hot rod man and he's gonna meet us in the farm shop i just want to say if you have any questions please reach out to me at hot rod farmer at farm machinery digest.com doesn't have to be about carbon could be about anything right well don't ask me what the right lottery numbers are because i don't play the lottery because figure the good lord wanted me to have a hundred million dollars whatever it is that he would provide it the old-fashioned way do hard work all right so right now we're gonna meet me in the farm room come on in tex Mm -hmm. Alrighty, thank you so much. We're going to be talking about today in the farm shop, right? You're meeting me? Come over there. Come on, that one guy he wants to run out the back door. All right, so that's Joey. Joey's always running out the back door for some reason. He's from Jersey. All right, we're going to talk about power steering. Many vehicles today have electric power steering. They no longer use an engine-driven pump this has allowed the engineers to vary the amount of assist independently of the engine speed the common thought process is to evoke a high degree of assist at standstill and low speeds this has caused many including my wife to turn the steering wheel with the vehicle stopped when this is done there is an exponential amount of stress on all steering components causing rapid wear With any power steering system, always have the vehicle or tractor rolling slightly when turning the steering wheel. The tie rods, ball joints, and other parts will thank you, and that's very, very common. With any type of of steering system, you want to basically have the vehicle, the tractor, whatever, rolling slightly so that it's going to aid, the physics of it rolling is going to aid in putting less stress on the pivot points in the front end and i mean sometimes you got to turn that wheel up but my wife when she pulls out of the garage and she turns to go up the driveway she has a Ford Escape and electric power steering she's turning the wheel and i'm just cringing because i know that those ball joints those tie rods and everything are screaming going oh please don't do that to me please don't do that to me All right, he's a hot rod man. Here he is. I pressed the wrong button. Thank you so much, and you have a blessed day, and I will catch you next week. Bye-bye.
1: you make your corn crop more successful? I'm Darren Hefty. Thursday, February 9th, we're going to answer that question at a free Ag PhD Corn Agronomy Workshop at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll talk about water management, fertility needs, finding success in cold soils, and we'll discuss how to protect your corn crop from weeds, insects, and diseases that can rob your yield potential. There's a great opportunity to make profit in your corn crop this year. Don't miss the free Ag PhD Corn Agronomy Workshop. Register now at agphd.com.
2: The San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo is really cool, obviously because of the beautiful AT&T Center, but really the city of San Antonio is so unique and special to Texas. From the river walk and all the culture, it's just a really cool place to hang out and really experience rodeo in a big way. It's one of the biggest ones of the year. San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo positioned in that historic city of San Antonio. Um, It is truly one of the highlights every year for everybody who has a chance to be a part of it. You know, San Antonio Stock Show is one of those places where it feels like a major league sporting event because all the volunteers and all the hard work and the Cowboys and the Bucking Stocks make it a major league sporting event. San Antonio to me is one of the most classic pro rodeos in the Texas tour. It's got a great tournament style competition, a lot of money up for rodeo competitors, and it really does have that old school Texas rodeo flair. Rural is the roots of our nation. SiriusXM's XM's Rural Radio. Western sports, country music, comedians. It's an attitude. The rural lifestyle and the ag industry. It's not just farming. We've got everything from hunting, fishing, and conservation. Horses and horse training. News, weather, and the commodity markets. siriusxm XM, it doesn't matter where you are in North America. It's always there. They'll have it in their trucks, in their combines, in their tractors. To hear Sirius XM's Rural Radio. Activate your radio now. Call 844-711-8800. Or head to SiriusXM.com slash go to sign up quick.